0: And welcome back to another episode of the Practice Players Podcast. This is going to be episode seventeen. It's been in the works for a while now. Thrilled to be joined by uh, the very insightful enigma that is Joey Brunk. So, uh, won't take up too much time. We'll just start it off. Uh, Joey, if you just sort of want to explain your basketball journey and how you got to where you are now,
1: man, if uh. It's been, a, it's been an interesting interesting journey. I, to make a, a long story short, out of six years of college basketball, I started my career off of Butler. Um, spent three years there. I graduated in three years. Um, a Butler with my undergrad degree. I redshirted. My first year sat out. Um, I'm from Indianapolis. Butler is in Indianapolis about 25 minutes from where I live. Um, my dad got sick in October my freshman year. So I went ahead, sat out, um, didn't travel to all the games. I was at most practices, um, but I wanted to be there, help out at home a little bit because I was so close. Graduated there. Fast forward, I go to Indiana University in Bloomington, um, an hour hour from where I live. Um, Played my my first year there, my year four. uh, Started my master's program. COVID happens. End up having a back injury uh, early fall of my fifth year. Had to sit out that whole year, had surgery, and then end up at Ohio State for year six. Kind of bring it full circle. Coach Holtman was at Butler my freshman year and then ends up at Ohio State after that. And then I end up playing for him in year one and year six. So kind of a full, full circle kind of deal um, to spend my last year uh, in Poland playing my first year professionally um, so it's been an interesting journey a lot of ups and downs but I got a lot of good stories just to tell from it so that's what that's what counts
0: yeah and then uh talking about the three different schools I guess if you just want to go one by one and sort of explain whether it's like a funny story or like a fun experience from each of those three colleges that you played at
1: You could probably do a whole podcast of me telling funny stories about all the stuff we did in college. Um, I think to preface it, I would say people always ask me about the three schools I've been to and what each one was like. And I think for me, it's like each chapter, each school, was like such a – like it really felt like a chapter in my life where I know we're not comparing anything, but like it's hard to like – each one was so unique and so different in, in each aspect of where I was at in my life with what had happened, what was going on currently, what like my aspirations were and everything that it was, they're all such, they're just like, you know, they're they're all so in, compartmentalized individually on their own. Um Which I don't know if other people that have transferred have felt like that, but um for me, it's kind of, it kind of makes it easier because it, it, when I think back on each school, I almost can feel myself feel back in that back in that moment with that experience Is like, um, I mean, a Butler, Butler was, you know, smaller, the smallest of the three schools I went to. Um, but the people there were just incredible, whether it was uh, people, in my classes, people that were the professors um, or Dean, you know, there's still so many people there from Butler, but I, that I talked to, um, I mean, two of my, two of my all time best friends, um, I played with there, and uh, I actually went to visit visit Paul Jorgensen, who's playing in Spain. He's playing in Madrid, so I went to visit him after my season ended. And then our other teammate Cam Donovan, who I'm incredibly close with, he came over from Indianapolis, and we spent some time in Madrid together. Um, so you know, Butler holds a holds a very you know important important piece in my heart of you know it's where I you know started my college career, where so much of my life changed with everything with my dad, and you know you grow up and. Um, you know, looking back where I was at eighteen compared to when I left it, um, twenty one to to now, it's you know night and day different at each each one of those stages. Um, Indiana special place for me. Um, again, a lot of great relationships. I'm actually marrying. I'm I got efficient. I'm the officiant and the best man. One of my teammates for a wedding on Thursday. Um, it's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Told yeah. when his fiance asked me if I wanted to do it, I said, Merritt, are you sure? Like, is this like a my like am I like your third option, fourth option? Like, where was I at on the hierarchy?" <laughs> she was like, "No, you guys were the first. You're the first one." So, you know, we got four guys coming in that we're all staying together in two hotel rooms this weekend. So, special place. Um, being from Indiana, it's a big deal to play at in Indiana. Um, a lot of history there. You know, you see the banners and um feel like that was a place where a lot of my uh my dreams kind of there were times where obviously there's disappointment in sports, stuff doesn't go the way you want it. You know, I got hurt, we lost some games. But there were also nights where it's like, Hey, this is what I've been working for, this is what I've dreamed about, you know. When I was a butler my, my third year and that year at IU, years three and four, my college career, I felt like I was, I was living my dream of, you know, it's cliche, but I was the kid in Indiana that was out shooting as the sun's going down and my mom's telling me to come in and I got to get cleaned up for bed and the floodlights are coming on. And, um, you know, that's, that's what I dreamed about, dreamed about playing in college. And that was just such a awesome time in my life where I was doing that in, in my home state. And, you know, you feel like you're representing the the community you're from, and um, it's a neat it's a neat deal. And then, you know, Ohio State was a good way to good way to kind of wrap wrap everything up. And you know, the, the end of that season was pretty pretty special for me as a individually as a player to be able to uh, have those last three games of the regular season and where I was playing more and because injuries and stuff like that. Again, those nights that everything comes to fruition where you forget about – I'm going to say this because I figured I'd say it. I'm out out of college now. But you forget about all the shit that doesn't go your way where it's just like this is why I've worked so hard. This is why we were coming to the gym at night. This is why we did the extra lifts. This is why we sacrificed because on those kind of nights, you're like this is – what it's all about, and those moments of success make all the sacrifice worth it. And you sit there and think, I would do that again in a heartbeat for that. Um, and, you know, I got best friends from Ohio State. Um, I'm going to spend time with five of them this weekend for three days straight for the Indy 500 and hanging out in the lake and drinking a little bit of beer and going to the race and, you know, telling old stories, catching up. Um, but I will say this, the thing about college basketball for me is playing in big games is awesome. Winning games is awesome. You know, all that stuff is, is great. But for me, there is nothing better than the relationships I've accumulated from that. I'm going to spend the next Wednesday through Sunday with some of the best people I've ever met. And if you told me I could change my college career and have more success, play more, stay healthy, have better numbers, win more games, whatever it is, I couldn't trade it in good faith because the people I've met are so much more valuable than than that. Um, and obviously, we won't, we won't, I always wanted to win games. We always wanted to win games. But when on Thursday night when we're all hanging out, we're probably not going to be talking about the games we won and lost. We're going to be talking about all the funny stuff that happened along the way, or remember this night where so-and-so did this or what happened. And that's what you talk about. You don't talk about winning and losing. Um, so my, my career has been not what I expected when you told me at 18, that this is how I was going to play out. I would have said, I hope not. That sounds not really like what I have dreamt of, but it's so, it's been incredibly rewarding. And people I've met, you know, I had a rotation of well over 10 guys when I was in Poland that I was talking to on the phone pretty regularly. They're checking in on me they are now coaching college basketball or whatever they're doing, where, you know, I'm rooting for the teams that they're coaching and trying to, you know, watch their games whenever the times worked out. They're checking in on me and asking how I'm doing. And that's what, that's what sports is about to me. You know, you want to win, you want to win championships. You work You work hard, but it's about the people. It's about the relationships. Only one team each year gets to gets to win it all. So what else? If you're not that team, what do you have to take away from it? You got an education and you got the people you met. It's on you to kind of make the most of those two things. And um, I'm really, really thankful for, for those relationships. Well, that
0: was poetic and insightful, and I fully agree it's – definitely all about the people and going back to that three game stretch that you were referring to for the viewers who don't know or for Nick and Dan this might be and I'm factoring in EJ Liddell Malachi Branham and Bryce Sensabaugh the most three like dominant game performance like back to back to back in terms of just like sheer like this guy's taking over that I've seen at Ohio State yet and then the Michigan State game I'm, Izzo did a press conference after because Joey had, would you have like 18 and like 11 with like six offensive boards or something?
1: Yeah, it might've been something like that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but it might've been something.
0: Yeah. But the bat like all our big men were out. Joey was our only big man that we had goes in, just puts on a clinic. The big man that they had on in most of the games a NBA G league guy now and it was just bucket after bucket, you know, post hook, shot fake, drop step, like no answer. Izzo was in shambles. So that how to give that a little more uh, credit than just a three-game run.
1: Yeah, that uh that was a fun night and that's one of those that's one of those nights where looking back like it all it all worked out just so well for for us and going into that game we had lost the two games going into that so we were kind of on a skid because we had lost at Maryland on the road on a Sunday, and that eliminated eliminated us from being able to win the Big Ten regular season. And then we had a COVID makeup game, I think, on Tuesday against Nebraska, which we lost at home. And that was when I think Zed, Zed's ankle went down, and then Kyle was also out. And we had a one-day prep for Michigan State. And, uh, it's funny, you know, I remember Nettie, one of our, one of our coaches that that we had like a little shoot around that I'm working out after. And he goes, you know, are you ready for this? And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I, I was, you know, it was one of those questions where I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, this is, this is what I'm about. You know, like, this is, this is, this is, this is why I've been working. I stayed in shape. You know, you, it's why you do extra. Um, so that was a that was a pretty pretty special time.
2: I wanted to ask you, you um, you played during the period of time before the transfer portal. Talk a little bit about what what that was like in the transferring process before the portal, p- portal and then um, talk about how the implementation of the portal and the implement the portal itself helped hurt. hurt you know, just <clears throat> give us a little bit of insight about that.
1: You know, in my in my time, in my experience, um, you know, I felt like the, the thing that's one undersold about transferring is especially in, in in my case, um it's an incredibly like hard, hard decision. It's stressful. I mean there were nights, you know, I'm you know I was struggling to sleep and you know you feel like, hey, this is kind of what I think might be best for me. But it's hard because you know you're leaving leaving people behind and it's it's a tough decision because obviously those places are so important to you. Um, and that's a tough, it's a tough, tough leap to make. And, you know, I feel like in my case, um, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, it's not a, but it's also nerve wracking because you get in there and you're like, I hope this works out. I hope I, you know, made the right decision. And, um, you know, you have to trust your instinct a little bit. Um, you know, you're you're talking to the people that you trust that you care about. You know, saying a couple extra prayers at night, like, "Hey, look out for me here. I am. I think this is what's right, but can I get a sign? Can I get a little, a little divine intervention to make sure I'm making the right the right call here?" Um, so, for me, I felt like it's never an easy decision. It's difficult. Um, and I wrote this in a, I wrote like a short, you know, I didn't want to just end my college career on a tweet because I didn't feel like that would be enough. I wrote like a little, little thank you letter to places I'd been in college basketball as a whole. And, you know, I said, if I could drink a beer with every fan that had something negative to say when I transferred, I think we'd get a well long by the end of it. You know, I still stand by that. I don't, and it's what? May of 2023, I don't think anybody really gives a damn about me transferring at this point, so it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, looking back on that, it's like, hey, I think that if you could explain, you know, how you felt and why you made the decision, I think everybody would could support it. Um, but, I mean, transferring, it's, it's difficult, but I got lucky. I ended up at three great places. Not everybody gets to say that. Um, I love all three places I went. I'm lucky enough to say I graduated from all three. Um, and I have long lasting, you know, relationships and friendships at, at every place. So it's a daunting task, but sometimes you, you, you know, you have to follow, follow your instinct a little bit.
0: Yeah. And then touching on a, that fan note, granted, if it comes to my Knicks, I probably say some things out of emotion in the moment <laughs> that I shouldn't. But it's always funny to me, like, if you reverse the card, like, let's say, like, an Amazon, you know, like, manager goes to Apple to become, like, a regional manager or get a better position. Their, like, entire community isn't then going to, like, hate on them and be like, no, why would you do this move even though it was good for you? Like, how could you leave Amazon? And it's sort of the same concept. It's like a lot of these players are transferring to be closer to home to help make some money with NIL now to get more playing time. And you're attacking them. But it's like in the real world, like if you're making a move to benefit yourself and someone attacks you, it's like you're right. just considered a hater. So it's always been funny to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the the beauty of sports is how much emotion everybody has. And again, I'm lucky to play at three places that have great fan bases where they give it where they care, you know, they care about who's there and uh, they're invested. So, you know, if I was playing at, you know, some small An AIA school, people would care, but not at that level. I was lucky to play at, you know, three historic, three historic places that, you know, fans, fans care about the people in their program and they want, they want, they want those, the best for those guys and they, they, they don't, they want them to stay. So yeah, I mean, it's part of it, but also social media. I mean, how much can you really give credit to if you're giving credit to the negative? you're probably spending too much time reading all the positive stuff about you too. He's got to take both a grain grand assault, know who know what you're about, know what your people think you're about. And it's great to get all the praise and the love, but you can't read too much into that because you're going to read too much into the negative and then you get in your own head. So you kind of just have to take both with, I'm lucky that people even care enough about my decision. That's how I always felt. I'm grateful that people care about my decision. Means something to me, but I can't let that uh let let the good or bad really interfere too much.
3: I think that's an extremely good approach, especially with the way our generation is, especially like seventeen-year-olds to like twenty-two-year-olds now. I know a lot of our guys and people in other programs, you know, care so much about what other people think on social media. So what you just said is like. You know, other people should go with that approach and a lot of people don't. So that's really impressive that you said that.
1: And it's easier said uh, than done. I'm not saying it's easy. You- it's easy. It's easy it's easy to read it and after you play well of, damn man, I must have really killed last night. These people were loving it. But I also played in college for six years, so you kinda have to you kinda get yourself trained to do that at twenty three. It's harder to do it at eighteen.
3: Uh, I was going to ask, uh, uh, obviously you played in college basketball for a long time, six years. Um, what would you say, this is going to be a very tough question, but what is your favorite college basketball memory of all time? doesn't you have to be on the court with a program. Just what is your favorite memory that you can recall?
1: My favorite memory. Um, let's see. There's a, Definitely a few that come to mind. Um, as far as just the energy of each game, um, just for simplicity, in each spot. My third year at Butler, we played all Miss at home. And um, I played well that game. I had a good game. It was like a Friday night. Hinkle was rocking. It was packed. Paul Jorgensen, my buddy in Spain, one of my best friends, I think he had like 27 or 28. Um, And, you know, we both had spent so much time in the gym together that we're shooting there late at night. It's like when both of us scored or when anything happened, the other person was almost more excited for the other person. And it was just like back and forth whenever either one of us had something where it's like, that's my guy, you know, like we've been working for this. This is, this is, this is what we've been doing. Um So that was a, that was a fun, a fun night for me at Butler. It was also like three nights after I turned 21. So that didn't hurt either afterwards. Um, IU, a lot of incredible atmospheres and in games at, 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 at IU. Um Honestly, two of the, between IU and Ohio State, probably the two games that I really, they're two of my favorite basketball specific memories were we had played and beat Michigan State. Um, they both were actually on Thursday nights. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to play, play well in both of those games. And, you know, again, awesome atmospheres, energy, um, And I've always played with, played with passion. That's always been something that I've, that I've had growing up. And, um, those were kind of two nights where I felt like my passion, um, really kind of was able to shine through in both those games. So just as far as that goes, that's up there. But man, it's hard to put just put a, put a finger on just one specifically because I could think of, 50 memories that are better than those three games that are all off the court of just spending time with your buddies and laughing. I guess I just would say broadly, generally to go back to the relationship thing. I mean, those are my, my favorite, my favorite memories of just everybody hanging around and, you know, talking about whatever happened the night before and everybody's laughing and you're spending time with the managers and the players before practice and, you know. Everyone's excited on one of those days where you're not taping ankles and whoever breaks the news in the locker room, it's guys, we're not taping today. And everyone just, you know, is losing their mind of, Oh, we're not taping. Like, this is a great day. Like today isn't going to be, be as bad as we thought coming in. This was a nice surprise, stuff like that. That's the, those are the kind of things that I, I laugh about, you know, whenever we see people that we, that we talk about. So I would say those kind of things are definitely my favorite memories, but as far as basketball, specifically goes, I would say those three games are pretty high up there. Personally.
0: And I think, uh, the people need to know. So for those of you who who aren't watching the YouTube version, Joey's signature celebration, at least his final year at Ohio state is sort of like the Italian, like perfectionado pose, you know, like with all the fingers together and flicking the wrist. But I don't think I ever found out how did that signature celebration sort of come into form and then what made it sort of stick and you just rolled with it?
1: So the way it kind of all started was my when I was at IU, I was watching um The Sopranos. It's one of my favorite TV shows. And I was watching it. And I was rewatching it when the year I got hurt. And when I was out, you know, there's some games where I'd wear like the team travel suit. And there'd also be days where, you know, I'd wear like a nice pair of dress pants and our team polo. Um, And then Sopranos, those guys like to wear a little bit of jewelry. You know, I wear a little bracelet. I have a a necklace I wear, but they also wear pinky rings in the TV show. So I remember talking to my mom. She had a ring that I could wear that would fit on my pinky. And then she had a nice ring that I wore. So going into one of those games, one of our managers at IU, Matty Mill, who's one of my, one of my best friends that I'll see this weekend. Um, he's busted my chops and he's giving me, you know, he sees it and he gives me one of these. So it kind of turned into this like running joke. Um, and then as I'm like working my way back through rehab, you know, they'd be, you know, they'd be rebounding or they'd be in a workout. And again, they'd be busting my chops and hit me with one of these. And then, I guess it just kind of like continued over and then um, I don't really remember what game I specifically did it in or why I did it. Um, It must've just like came to me in that moment. It wasn't necessarily even premeditated. It was just like had been such a running joke for over a year at that point of doing that, um, that I did it. And I remember Matty Mill had actually texted me because he was watching the game. I did it. I don't remember which game it was. And he was like, holy shit, you actually did that in a game? Like, I can't believe you did that on live TV. Um, and then after that, it just kind of continued to turn into like a running, just a running joke of doing it. And then kind of kind of caught fire at Ohio State too, I guess, a little bit. So kind of like a running joke. Um, I like the Sopranos. I like wearing a pinky ring. I'll have a pinky ring on Thursday night for the wedding ceremony. So I don't know. I guess it's just a little bit of my uh, – not even I don't even know what you want to call it it's it's a tony soprano signature i'm just trying to i guess take a little bit of his uh his style
2: um wanted to talk a little bit about just give us your experience playing overseas this past year
1: it's uh it's 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 different you know it's if you find out quickly one how much you love basketball and two how comfortable you are with yourself because you got a lot of time on your own. So for me, I felt like pretty early on, I was kind of, I had the advantage of being a little bit older going into my first year professionally compared to other people. So I felt more comfortable with, you know, who I was, what I'm about, what I like to do. So I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a plan of when I get there, you know, you have an off day, what are you going to do? When I had an off day in college, when I was a butler in IU, I could be home easy and, you know, half hour to an hour. When I was in Columbus, I could still come home if I wanted to leave the night before as a two and a half hour drive, spend all day at home, drive back that night. You ain't doing that when you're in Poland. So you got to figure out a way to spend your time. And, um, that was definitely, definitely an adjustment of what am I going to do that's fulfilling off the court because, you got to practice a couple hours a day, but what else are you doing? you doing? You can't just for me at least. I'm not someone that can just sit down and you know watch TV for eight hours because then I just feel you know like I just wasted my day. So that that's a pretty a pretty big adjustment that I think um, I had to make going into um, going into playing playing overseas of you know what am I going to do with with this downtime.
0: You know, uh, speaking on a uh, downtime, Joey, for those of you who don't know, is also a very interesting person off the court, big uh, Matthew McConaughey fan, might be biggest fan I know. Just finished Green Lights as well.
1: I got my green yeah, lights. Got too. Shirt on. I got the I got it on for the podcast.
0: Yeah. But yeah, big Matthew McConaughey fan, uh big into wildlife too, has his own uh wildlife page you guys gotta check out. But if you just sort of want to touch on what sparked those interests, because I feel like that's a very uh, unique things to be into, especially as a basketball player.
1: Well, the wildlife thing started early. Um, My mom, we had an Indianapolis Zoo membership. We still do. Um, And growing up, she took me to the zoo at least once a week. Um, Whether the weather was good or not, that was just something that that I loved doing when I was young. Um, you know, I had, I had all these animal books that I loved to flip through. I would watch animal planet on TV, you know, growing up, my heroes really weren't even basketball players. My heroes were like Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin; those were my guys on, on animal planet that I loved watching. Um, so my, my love of wildlife just started early and, um, that's something that I've, that I've always loved. I mean, when I was in Columbus, I think within like the first four or five days, I took Tyler Hicks to the Columbus zoo. So me and him, he came and I got my zoo membership. Uh, so me and him walked around for a while there. And that's something that, you know, I like to do. And, um, I've been getting really into going out to actually spend time, um, you know, in the wild, I guess that's what you could say. Um, when I was in Poland, I met a guy that makes wildlife documentaries. So if we had off time, me and him would pick a location of what we were going to look for and, what he knew about it, who he knew that might have insight. and I'd bring my camera, he'd bring his, and we'd go trek out in the woods, you know, for four or five hours, see what we could find. And I'm actually really excited. I'm going to uh, Tanzania with my brother and uh, like three weeks for a, for a safari. And um, my buddy that's, that's getting married, me and him are going to do, do a trip out to uh, Yellowstone and Glacier National Park to, to hike and look for, look for different animals. So, that's just been such like a long standing passion of mine. And um, I was laughing about my mom with my mom about this not that long ago. Uh, the only two jobs I've ever wanted were to play professional basketball and to work at a zoo. So we're in the process of checking one off the <laughs> we or working on uh, putting a plan in place for, for making that happen for down the road post basketball. Um, so my, my love of wildlife has been a, been a long, long time coming thing and something I've always been been passionate about. And then the Matthew McConaughey thing, um, obviously great actor. You know, he's had so many great movies that are uh, on my rewatch list that I love watching. Um, But his book, Green Lights, you know, is one of my favorite books. I probably have read it four or five times and each time I read it, I feel like I get something new out of it. Um I think why 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 I kind of gravitate towards him is more I feel like our our upbringings were pretty similar that like you hear about in his book and I just love his his perspective on life and how he talks about life and when good things happen bad things happen and um you know listen to his interviews and speeches he's made it's like I like him as an actor but It's more about what he talks about in life, and um, my buddies all tease me, and they like to tease me about him. And I go, "Hey, like I like the guy, and I really think me and him would be pals if we ever ever ran into each other. I think we'd I think we'd get along pretty well." Call me crazy, but I think me and him would, would 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 get along. So I also kind of have a little bit longer hair that kind of grow out to kind of channel a little bit of that. So that's just. You know, something that I, you know, I like, like the guy, I like what he's about. Um, like his outlook on life. And if you haven't read Green Lights, pick it up. I'll tell you what, it's something that you'd, uh, you'll get something out of it, it as, has a little bit of something for everybody, whether you like the guy or not, his, his movies. It's, it's not even really about his career per se. It's more about life. Dave, you probably, probably going to test that. He talks about his acting, but it's not really even. I mean, there's a lot of stuff he doesn't, you know, I don't feel like he touches on. It's more just what was going on in his life during that and what kind of shaped him and what led him to those directions. So that's my guy. Maybe I'll be running a zoo someday and I can have him as a special guest. Who knows?
0: And is the Instagram bio, I should have checked before, is it still Matthew McConaughey with the baby hook?
1: It is. And I'm going to give credit. A lot of manager love on this podcast for me. I'm a manager guy. I was an IU manager, my friend Grayson. We were sitting around one night and uh I think we were watching Lincoln Lawyer, one of his movies, and it's me, him and my roommate, who was also a manager at the time, Chandler. And uh somehow Grayson like looked over and said, I just have your new your new Instagram bio. I go, What is it? And he goes, Matthew McConaughey with the baby hook. I go, I like that. I go, let's change it right now. And then since then it's it's stuck. So um people tease me. I really I don't really think I look like Matthew McConaughey. Truthfully I have longer hair like him, but um I don't know, you have a little bit of a similar outlook on life, and that's part of part of the part of the connection.
3: That that bio is tremendous. That's really
0: funny. Did you just look yeah, it up? I saw you looking down. Yeah, yeah, no, I just looked <laughs> it up. That's that's super fun.
1: Yeah, no, um, Grayson, Grayson, Grayson. You, this is, this is, oh. No, I was just saying Grayson was in his back. I was
3: going to ask you. Uh, oh. <laughs> you got
1: it no, we're good. You we got it.
3: Okay. Um, I wanted to ask what uh what do you see yourself doing in ten years? What are your life goals? And obviously, now that we've learned that you're a lot more than just a basketball player, it might not even be basketball. So, where do you see yourself?
1: You know, ten years from now. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I hope it'd be awesome if I was playing basketball still at 35. Hopefully, you know, I'm blessed to be able to continue to do with this. And it's a pretty, pretty cool opportunity, cool, cool lifestyle to live. That'd be awesome. If not, you know, maybe I'll be continuing my education and could be, could be doing something in the, in the zoo realm. Um, I hope that's kind of what I, what I'm doing. That would be something that I would, uh, definitely think I'd be very excited to do. Wake up every day with a, with excitement to do. Um, but I don't know. That's, it's one of those things where I don't know if I could really answer what I'm going to be doing in 10 years, because I know if you would have asked me that, what I, what, what everything was going to look like when I was 14 in 10 years, I probably wouldn't have said I would have been going into college on year six with everything going on. So wherever I think I'm going to be in 10 years, that's probably not where I'm going to be. It's probably going to look a little different. The route's going to take a different, different deal. And it's kind of been our, one of our family, family mottos. And something my dad used to always say. And we always, he always just used to say, embrace your journey. And that's something I try to do. So 10 years from now, there's going to be ups and downs. I'm just going to embrace it, take it head on. And hopefully that's what I'm doing. Hopefully I'm playing basketball or doing something with wildlife. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Uh, but Hey, it's hard telling what, what it's going to look like because I know things are going to change, evolve, and be a little different. So we'll just uh, really just have to wait and see. I wish I had a definitive answer, but maybe that'll be what I'm doing. But well, maybe we'll have to revisit when this podcast is really on, on another level in 10 years.
0: I was just about to say uh, in 10 years, you'll probably be a guest starring in one of uh, Matthews Movies or something,
1: yeah. Maybe, maybe I could just have a little, a little uh, I could be an extra in the back or something, just be kind of sitting in a coffee shop or doing something like that. You never know.
0: Hey, that'd be sick. But if no one else has anything pertaining to this, I wanted to quickly just get everyone's NBA finals predictions, assuming the Heat probably beat Boston tonight, is game four.
1: Uh, I think I'm rolling with
0: Denver.
1: I'm rolling with yeah. Denver. I couldn't tell you how many games yeah. but I'm taking. Denver.
2: I don't see uh, anyone on the Heat that can guard Jokic. If AD can't guard Jokic, I don't think Bam can guard Jokic. So, Nuggets in five, maybe six.
3: Oh. Uh-huh. The run that Jimmy Butler's made has obviously been unbelievable. And I'm so happy that the whole Al Horford thing in game one, I don't know if you guys saw that clip, but Al Horford had a timeout celebration uh, directed toward Jimmy Butler and and the Miami Heat bench. And Jimmy uh, did it back to him in game three after hit, uh, I think Gabe Vincent hit a big three to put him up like 20. Uh, But my favorite kind of trash talk is just the trash talk that you get when you're not the one that starts it, but you're the one that finishes it. Jimmy Butler... I That clip was really amusing to me, but I said on the last episode, I said, I think Denver's going to win it. So I'm going to stick with my prediction, and I was right on that. You and you and Jacob were caught in your Lakers delusion, but Nick, that's directed to Nick. Um, but yeah, no, David I,
2: also I thought the Knicks, Knicks were going to come back from 3-1 against the Heat.
1: If but hey, he's a, a fan. He's bit a fan.
0: Exactly. If you don't have a little bit of faith in life, what is the point of living?
2: I, I had 100% faith that a 38-year-old man with one foot that requires surgery was going to come back from 3-0. I had full faith. And if I if I
0: didn't, I wouldn't have watched the game. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm going for the clean sweep. I got Denver. Don't know how many games, but I don't think a South Beach wants any part of the Jokic brothers. Saw what happened last time with Morris. Those dudes are scary let their brother win and we'll go into the off season. You know, I thought this was a phenomenal episode. Uh, unless anyone has anything else they want to say.
1: Appreciate it, fellas. Uh, thanks for having me on. A lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining thanks us. For I loved thanks, it. Appreciate
0: Loves you, it. Joey. Best of luck uh, next season. I'll definitely be following as I did this year. And if you're ever out in Columbus, know a bunch of the guys would love to see you
1: yeah i would love to i hope i would love to be able to come by this this summer for a weekend that'd be be great to see all you guys catch up and be fun a lot of fun
0: be awesome but hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always ppp out Peace. peace